Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Ward, and my guest today is Giovanni Mazzoni. Giovanni is the manager of Poderi Forte in the Orchard Valley region of Tuscany, which is sandwiched between the Montalcino region and the Vino Nobile di Montepulciano region. Welcome, Giovanni. Thank you very much. Very welcome yourself as well uh, in Podere Forte. Okay, so just give us a little bit about the history of the estate, because it's quite a new estate, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. It has uh, been founded in 1997 uh, from uh, Pasquale Forte. His desire was to recreate and build up his uh, his dream estate because of family reasons, because he used to live uh, his childhood in uh, south of Italy, in Calabria. And then uh, after his success in, it, in, the, in the electronic equipment for uh, automotive, he was wanted somehow to to go back to the roots to the back to the soil to the herd and so he did his family did his family have a farming background then? Uh, he has um, in Limbadi that is uh, Calabria close to Vibo Valencia uh, he, he owns land uh, livestock and uh, but suddenly for family reasons he was obliged to move when he was seven years old in Como Lake area where he managed to build up his own uh, uh, entrepreneur success in the electronics uh, exactly yeah. exactly and uh, more than 25 years ago he said uh, I want, he felt the desire to go back to the roots, to the family, to the soil. And so he has been looking for a place to do his own estate uh, up to the moment where he found this beautiful uh, piece of paradise that is Val d'Orcia, this beautiful valley protected by UNESCO Worldwide Heritage since 2001. And, uh, and he found a very ancient 200 years old uh, estate. It was called Podere Petrucci. Everything started from there. It was at the time only four or five hectares, and he fell in love with this podere, and he decided to, first of all, to, to give his name to the podere. To podere, podere, for, podere Forte. Exactly. And then uh, he started uh, the, the foundation of Podere Forte together with Donato Ranati. Which is the uh, consultant uh, winemaker. Exactly. Uh, Veronelli. Luigi Veronelli was there at the moment of the foundation. And Professor Attilio Scienza. So Attilio Scienza is an um, Italian wine professor uh, with various areas of expertise and Luigi Veronelli so Luigi Veronelli is one of uh, Italian wines uh, he's now um, no longer with us a famous uh, journalist and he his preferred style of wine was sort of traditional wines not wines blasted with oak so that was the, the, the beginning. Today, Podere Forte has been expanded to more than uh, 400 hectares. So, but that isn't all vineyard, though, is it? No, 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 absolutely not. Because in, so, the, in the desire of Pasquale, he always said, I want to rebuild the so-called Cortes Romana. So it's the, it's the polyvalent farm. Is the agricultural garden when many elements are between them uh, in linked, therefore integrated, to be eco-sustainable. So basically, a vineyard, which isn't a vineyard, it's a vineyard part of a larger farm with animals, fruits, vegetables, herbs, etc. Exactly and, exactly. and wild areas, forest. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Today, vineyards represents only 20 hectares planted, of which only 12 in production. Then we have about 35 hectares of uh, uh, olive trees, uh, fields. More than 270 hectares are reserved 
reserved for cultivating ancient variety of wheat. Senatore Cappelli, Gentil Rosso, this ancient variety gave us flour to make bread and pasta. I have to say that Podere Forte, since the very beginning, has always been managed in an organic way, officially from 2004. And after that, we decided to make an even more important steps towards the, the life in its general meaning, that is the approach and the conversion of the whole production to biodynamic. So today we produce uh, wines, olive oil, honey. We have, uh, as I said, wheat, lots of field to produce wheat and animals. Livestock are part of the farm. We have the, uh, the Cinta Snese pork that was almost extinct 30 years ago. So that's a pig. It's called a Cinta. The Cinta is, means a belt. It's got a black stripe across its tummy. Exactly. That's uh, for obviously, um, yeah, it's a pig, isn't it? It's, it's a pig mm. that uh, is a different taste from the classical pink one. It's more complex and, and, and I might taste better. <laughs> then uh, we have a livestock of Chianina cattle. And so these are, these are beef cows, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, the beef, the biggest white cows with a horn, which was used in the past like energy or tractor, really as a tractor force in, in the fields. It's not a milk producer, it's just for the meat. And uh, it's famous for the Fiorentina steak. The T-bone. Exactly. We need uh, these cows because we uh, auto-produce our own compost. So we combine the manure from the cows, pruning and canoping from the vineyards, the marks from the cellar, only some types of wood from the forest, and these things are used to create uh, uh, our compost area that macerate for more than 15 months before being, uh, be give, being given back to, to the soils, to, to the fields, to the vineyards, to the olive trees, and so on. So the idea, what uh, we're being told, is that you're trying to, um, on, with biodynamic vineyards you're trying, and farms, you're trying to close the farm gate, create your own sources of fertility. So by having a mix of animals and, and plants, one of which, of course, is vines, basically recycle everything and compost it and check it and then put it back on the land. So some people would say, oh, you're a sort of biodynamic um, head in the clouds, but there's a lot of science behind what you do. Tell us about the work of Claude and Lydie Bourguignon. Well, these are two fundamental mental uh, person for Podere Forte. We have always had, a, have had them like uh, consultants. They are the, considered to be the best world scientists for the, for the life in the soil. And I have to say that uh, in Podere Forte, any decision concerning uh, the use of each uh, tested, pre-tested uh, soil is driven from them. They decide uh, the best root talk if, and the best variety if the soil is located for Vineyards, planting, uh, vineyards planting. Otherwise, we use that for other purposes, uh, olive trees or fields, whatever, and not for vineyards if they say no. So uh, their job is fundamental. They are here two, three times every year. They drill, they test. The approach is to have uh, the most modern means in the laboratory that we have. A scientific approach, thanks also to Lydia and Claude Bourguignon, so to verify that what we do is correct. So this is very important because often biodynamics are seen as unscientific, and there are, let's be fair, some unscientific aspects to it but the idea of analyzing your soil before you plant and actually getting it right having the correct rootstock and the correct cultivar by that, whether it's a Sangiovese or another grape it just means that your job as a wine grower is easier because you're not constantly having to try and take the stone out of your shoe and this, this is a real logic to what the approach has been taken here. Uh, yes, the, the, in the end, the goal is to, as Pasquale Forte always said, is to increase, to improve, to make the soil better than when we both. That means to increase the life in the soil. And this is not only a huge amount of work and, uh, and time and energy, but it's also an approach that we want to give because we measure the quality, the life, the humus, the enzymes activity in the soil is measured so that, so that we know that every year we are increasing, we are on the right way, the right path to 
improve the, the life in the soil. The better is the, is, the, is the soil, the life, and probably the better are the fruits that grows on this soil. Eh? What about water? We're in quite a hot area. Yeah, 2017 teached us something in, uh, about the uh, lack of water, and uh, this, is, this will be one of the key problems in the future. We have to recover as much as possible water resource and consume as less as possible so in that, the same that's way. that's water from the air, it's rain, it's exactly. not, um, you're not talking about irrigated water. Exactly, we are not allowed to irrigate, we don't irrigate only this, the, the younger vineyards before they enter in, into production. So we have a system of uh, total recovery of the whole raining water possible from the vineyards, with all the channels, from the uh, roads, from the roof of the cellar. Everything has been recovered in three different lakes, one following the other one. In a, in a sort of geodetical step and uh, and we are trying even more to consume less water approaching a system and a treatment that uh, are more efficient so i mean how, how are you actually sorry connecting the water are you doing what the romans did and, and digging little having little channels where the water drains without eroding the soil yes it's uh, exactly like that we have had uh, some uh, really difficult vineyards because they are planted in very slow in it, like a sort of terrace and each of these steps has its own channel to recover the water from that specific terrace and by recovering system is collected all together into 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 lakes. It's a, it's, a, it's an ancient way of uh, recovering the water. Exactly as I said. And do you use that water when you're spraying to dilute your sprays? We do use this water for treatment. We use this water for younger vineyards, especially the first five years when they are not in production. When uh, and like in 2017, we we had to give them some uh, water. Otherwise, we would have could have lost many of them. And for gardening, for the animal, we have animal animal chintas uh, pork canina cattle they consume a lot of water and we have to give them water possibly from what has been rained before but your pigs are they living in a little pig pen or they, they their natural habitat is the forest so where do they live they uh, they, they live in in in, uh, in, uh, in sector in closed sector where we divided by age or even even sex as far as i know and they are in a sort of place where they are uh, closed it's uh, they are closed in the in the forest exactly there is a gate where they can go in and out from this place which means they are free to go in the forest which is also the forest closed but it's a very wide and and, and, and wide area they are feeded two-thirds of the yearly food from natural outside so that means that we only give them one-third of biodynamic food to complete their needs and what about any other animals well, it's a, it's a collection of uh, uh, the biggest one, as I said, are, are uh, Kianina cattle. So where do, they, where do they graze then, the Kianina? Kianina cattle, they are free in our fields to, they are born here because we have about 20 of them. And uh, each year some, some, some new birth happens. We keep them and we change the park of this animal only two, three per year. And they are re- really kept like f- only for the manure. We don't need that because of the meat. We need their manure, so we treat them as better as possible. They eat in the, 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 the grass in the fields. They are also them able to, to stay al, al pascolo, like we say in Italian. In the pasture. And then there are some other animals, like the sheep. We need sheep. We have about 20 of them that we use after the harvest and let them free in the vineyards. They clean really everything. They bite every single berry left on the ground that would cause problem if left there. So, the gra- really- so I mean, if a grape is left Left on the ground, it will attract fungus and act as an incubation point for fungus that will then carry over to the next season and create problems. And the whole idea of organic biodiversity prevention rather than cure. So you get the sheep to clean the vineyard up. Exactly, exactly. And hygiene is the is the is the key word all over Potere Forte, in the vineyards, in the cellar, during the, all the process. So how are you measuring the success in, uh, obviously you're biodynamic, you have all these animals running around, it all looks very nice, but what about some science behind it? There is a, a scientific approach, yes. Uh, we have internal laboratory of analysis that is really 
extremely advanced and uh, I would divide it in, uh, in three branches. There is the classical science with the most uh, modern and performing units and technologies. There is the uh, sector of the sensible crystallization that is related primarily to the biodynamic approach. Which so, sensitive crystallization is a bit of a strange one. It's where you get a petri dish of crystals, basically you drop some wine in it and the crystals form patterns which may or may not show you if, quotes your wine is happy or not. And just the, the way that the crystals form. It's, uh, and we have expanded it to not only to wine, but to many things, to, the, to, to, to several aspects of the, to leaves, to soils, to compost, to even to the chicken breast that we grow, because we compare these with the other ones and the so evidence the difference. It's a pseudoscience, it's an interpretational science that uh, help us as a complementary to the classical ones. There is a third part of the laboratory that we started uh, two years ago that uh, is called uh, circular chromatography of soil and compost. These exams allows us to measure to measure the enzymes activity. And you know very well that if you, you if you don't have water, air, oxygen, and enzymes activity, the soil is almost dead. Because this, because we, we really uh, invest a lot in time and energy with a goal to improve the life in the soil. But then in the end, uh, always because of the scientific approach, we have to verify if what we do is correct. So these exams allows us to say, for example, at two meter deep, if the density of enzymes activity is, uh, is a number and the following year this number is increased, that is a confirmation that we are doing well. Tell us a little bit about the wine range from your um, entry-level wine to your top wine. We produce uh, today uh, three red wines based on uh, Sangiovese, two of them, we are in Tuscany, the kingdom of Sangiovese. The first one is Petruccino, that is a, a, a blend of... Uh, primarily Sangiovese, almost 85% is Sangiovese, 15% in Merlot. The flagship wine is Petrucci, there is a pure Sangiovese Grosso that represents our maximum expression for, 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 for care, for love and passion in wine production. And then there is a third wine that is very different because it's not based on Sangiovese, but it's based on Cabernet Franc. It's more on a Bordelais style. Total production today is around 40,000 bottles when everything is doing well. But that's nothing for the... And the size of your vineyard is? The size of our vineyards is in production. In 2018, there was 12 hectares. Yeah, so you could actually make double the wine because you're so stringent. The yield is very low. The yield is very low because of uh, tension, selection, because of all the processes that are driven by quality. We are talking of an average yield of 30 hectolitres per hectare. 25 hectolitres per hectare for the Grand Cru soil and uh, 35 for the Premier Cru soil. Which is about... It's less, it's about less than half what you could make. Exactly. The goal in the future, and we are testing, and Lydia and Claude Bourguignon are still uh, testing new chance of finding a new soil vocated for the vines. We would like to arrive to about 40, 45 hectares in the future, so to have a maximum of uh, 100, 120,000 bottles. I forgot to mention that you actually use drones as well to save water. How do you? How does that work in the vineyard? It's very important because the, the wing drones we already use since a couple of years, they are used to mapping, uh, to map the vigor of the vineyards or other problems. So it's very useful to have that uh, that view, that angle from, 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 from the sky. So you photograph the vineyard and you can see if there's a weak spot. Exactly, exactly. So everything from stays... The, but the, the, there are uh, software able to, 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 to analyse the size of the, of the leaves, the colour, and therefore uh, understand different kind of problems. Another use, but it's still experimental, is the use of drones with a nine impeller able to lift, to lift, to lift about 12 litres of uh, treatments, treat, biodynamic treatments that then will be sprayed on the vineyards without 
touching the soil. If you don't compact the soil, the oxygen, the water is better absorbed by that and therefore it'll be easier to maintain from the from the life point of view. Okay, and the advantage of that is if it rains, you can just go back the next day without, again, doing any compaction. Exactly. Tell us a little bit about the winery, the, the barrels and the concrete tanks that you yeah. have and, and the, the, the levels, the, the gravity level. The, uh, the, the, the winery is, uh, is five floor only one one and a half are outside and uh, all the process happens by gravity natural falling there is the arrival uh, the upper floor is for the selection of the sortie of all the fruits we arrive to have uh, a selection berry by berry so all the best can go into fermenters at the lower level by gravity and you're fermenting in the mix of we are fermenting in a, in a, in a wooden tank uh, different sides of course we don't use any we use all indigenous leaves and uh, we don't inoculate anything and fermentation happens by podolic pressure. So we start this fermentation by podolic pressure because we obtain a, a, a milder extraction of the tannins. And working with Cabernet Franc, Petit Verdot, Sangiovese, you know very well that they are very rich mm-hmm. in tannins, Fabra, so we, we want to have a wine that is definitely elegant. After the fermentations are, are happening, by gravity we go uh, in the lower level where there is the aging level. The barrel aging area. That is a combination of wood. It's not barrique, is not tonneau, is not wooden tank, it's a mix of them. More and more we are going in, in the larger size, I have to say. And uh, highly attention is given to this aspect because uh, uh, you might vanify all the previous job and uh, to obtain a, an elegant, refined wine without uh, an overbody, not oakiness. So we don't want this sort of uh, style, so we pay a lot of attention in the wood. As I said, it's a, it's a combination of sides. And as far as concerned, the, the, the barrique, we use only the Taranso and François Frère producer. They are considered to be the best. And with a very high attention in the selection of the wood. With higher ticker and uh, we are with, in, with bigger thickness, uh, so to have even less interaction between the wood and the wine. We don't thick, thicker stay. Instead of 22 millimeter, the, 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 the barrique are 27 millimeter. That means less oxygen in and therefore less interaction between wood and wine. Okay. We don't want even even toastiness is uh, is something important because they are dedicated for our wine. Eh? So we don't we don't want to have impact in the wines. So how do you keep the? Obviously you're underground. What about um, keeping it nice and humid? Do you have like an electrical system? It's used only for 10 15 percent of the yearly consumption. So we have just restructured the, 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 the one wing of the of the cellar where we have there is a, a recirculating system of water that uh, falls from the from the roof into into stones. That is that works like a natural humidifier of the of the of the cellar. Moreover, the whole cellar has been uh, somehow uh, hidden in in the hill, and all around the perimeter there is the exchange for the waters uh, for the for the air. So also from a thermal point of view, we, we benefits of a natural refreshing system, uh, limiting as I said that the use of conditioning uh, only to fifteen percent. I mean, you can actually hear the water running around, can't yeah, you? It's, in, the, uh, in the winery, it's like uh, being in a. It's a natural sounds of the water that you feel in the. In in the cellars. Okay, and then finally you go to bottling, which is the lowest level. Exactly. The lowest level is uh, is bottling, where it is the final uh, work of the of the products, and then the aging uh, and the rest of the wine in the special lower cellar. So what are your main markets? Main markets is Italy. Really? Uh, yes, main markets is Italy. Uh, in 2017, we had 51% of the volumes distributed in Italy, and could be even more. Uh, the demand is high. It's really the products are pulled from the market. Uh, I also 
also believe that we will never be a, an exporting company in terms of 90 plus percent exported. The brand building is something that you start doing in the domestic market, being positioned in the best ambassador like specialized wine shop, top restaurant, Michelin star restaurant. We have to be in the wine list where the great wines are. And this is brand building. Then we start to export. If I should make a ranking of the foreign countries, or a part of Italy, I would say United States, the historical Europe, so the central part of Switzerland, uh, Benelux, uh, Scandinavia are doing very well, uh, French, uh, Spain, going east in some uh, Middle East countries, Russia. But is the wine sold as being a really good red wine or really good wine, or really good, quotes, biodynamic wine? What's the sales approach? I think that in this moment, uh, it's uh, primarily because of a good red wine, really good red wine. Biodynamics is neither uh, recognizable in some country. In, in, in old country like uh, Scandinavian, Italy, it starts to be important. I know that there are some action, even from the system Bolag in Sweden, which says that more share of the biodynamics wine have to be important in the so country. That's the monopoly in Sweden. Exactly. Other, other monopolies are similar uh, as well. Yeah, in Norway and in... They want more organic exactly. wines. Which is a good approach, but I believe that today, if I should say why it's uh, positioned to the level, is because of its uh, pure quality. Have we missed anything? The invitation, please. So it dies that uh, you deserve a, a visit uh, whenever you are passing by Tuscany. Okay, are you. Um, what's your favourite animal? You can only take one with you on the farm. Which, which would well, it be? I love the guinea fowl. The guinea fowl. Yeah. You didn't tell us about them. Yeah. <laughs> what many guinea fowl have you got? <laughs> to be a farm, you need also not big animal, but also the small one. The, the chicken, the rabbits, the the guinea fowl, the the, the the ducks. So all these things are part of the livestock that is integrated in the system. You've got beehives as well. We got beehives. So how did you how did you design the bee the beehives are at the bottom of the hill? Yes. And the food is at the the food that they like is at the top of the hill, the kind of pollen that they're like. Why did you do that? Because bees needs water, bees needs flowers, and uh, so while they go out the early morning to... So they, sorry, they live near a little lake as well, yeah, don't they? they, okay. they near, They've got their own um, private lake. Exactly. They, they have the water, they have a little lake just close to the to the bee houses, and they wake up in the morning and they go out empty, so they start eating and, 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 and collecting all the treasure that they can pick up from the flowers, and it's easier for them the evening when they are heavy and full of these elements to fly back to the house. Down. To, which means less energy. Otherwise, they couldn't do the, dif- the opposite. It will be too heavy. So basically, they have to, to they wake up in the morning, they're nice and light, they're hungry. They f- they're light enough to fly up the top of the hill where the food is, the pollen exactly. that they like. They eat it, they get a bit heavy, and then they just want to fly back home and watch TV. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay, BTV. Okay. Um, all right, Giovanni, thanks very much for the uh, explanation of what is going on in Podere Forte in the Orcha Valley. As you mentioned right at the start, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And I think this is one of the most outstanding biodynamic vineyards on the planet, simply because the quality of the wine is so important. People can talk about biodynamics all they want, but you've got to, you've got to produce a product that really shows why this farming system can work. But really, it's about this estate being incredibly biodiverse. And there's a real coherency to what they're doing, backed up with quite a lot of science as well. Um, not just with the bourguignons, but um, others as well that will help them with the sword and stuff. So um, you can't do a good farming job if you have a stone in your shoe all the time. You've got to get things right first time. And I think this is one of those estates where they've really set everything up in a, in a super way. So I want to say thank you to my guest today, Giovanni Mazzoni from Poderi Forti in the Orchard Valley. Uh, it's been great talking to you and hearing about all the biodiversity here and all your animals. And um, look forward to coming back. Grazie, grazie mille. A presto. Away to Poderi Forti. Arrivederci. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.